Well, this morning, as we are um, getting settled here, um, I'm really excited because we're continuing our series entitled Divine Disruption. And one of the things that um, Billy Eccles, our lead pastor, said this week that has really stuck with me is that um, when he was being ordained, an elderly pastor walked up to him and all of his new colleagues who had also just been ordained and said, now your job and your calling is to comfort the disrupted and to disrupt the comfortable. And really, that is what this series has been about. It is about allowing a divine disruption, a holy disruption to come into our lives. And um, the, the new season, this is going to seem like an awkward transition, but it isn't. <laughs> but the, the new season of Ted Lasso is about to come out. Um, and if you've spent some time with me, um, especially in worship, you know that I, uh, I've preached Ted Lasso a couple of times. He's very quotable. Um, but one of my favorite quotes of the show is him quoting Walt Whitman, right, um, of be curious, not judgmental. And when we arrive at the scripture that we're at today, right, we arrive with the story of Nicodemus. And I think Nicodemus is infinitely curious, I think he is the curious Pharisee, and it is his curiosity that leads him to Jesus. Um, But Carol, would you read the story of Nicodemus for us this morning? Sure. We are in the book of John today. This is chapter 3, verses 1 through 17 that I'm going to read. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life." For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And so in this, I see an intense curiosity in the character of Nicodemus. Um, Because we know historically who Nicodemus was, right? He is a Pharisee, which means he is part of the the law class of Israelite society. He knows the rules and regulations. And further than that, he's part of the Sanhedrin. 
which is part of the, the Jewish court, there are only 6,000 members of the Sanhedrin in all of, um, the, of, of Israel. And so he is the elite of the elite of the elite of the ruling class. In terms of knowledge of scripture and time and study, he's done it. And yet, here he is asking what is essentially a street preacher for advice and information and and knowledge. And so I think if we all had that same kind of curiosity about other people, that we would think very differently. Um, So what what do you guys think about curiosity versus judgment or eyes? What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this a little bit this week, and I think we all often see someone and maybe think that we know their story. Um, For me personally, I can say that sometimes I'll see a mom that comes in and her hair looks great and her makeup is perfect and she has on the best outfit and she steps out of a Land Rover and I think, "Mm, she must have it all together. And the truth is, is that we, all, we often ascribe these characteristics to people and we have no idea what their story is. And on the flip side of that, we might see somebody um, at a stoplight asking for money and then we ascribe a story to them as well. Maybe it's the opposite of the mom that has it all together. But the truth is, we don't know what's going on in their hearts. And I think that's something we can learn from this story is that to the degree that we can go and be able to kind of strip ourselves from those preconceived notions, there is a lot of opportunity there for us to learn something new and something really unexpected. Yeah, and I think going along with that, that, that opportunity that you're talking about, the opportunity for everyone involved, you know, the, the person that you might just be meeting, you know, at that one time has a chance to be seen, um, and you also have a chance to maybe reframe your thoughts mm-hmm. about when I see a person who looks like this, that means this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, it's, it, I think it's an opportunity for everyone. Well, and there's been so many things, at least I feel like, in the last decade where I think people have a genuine curiosity of self. And so what they really want is like, where's the box of myself? So we started hearing things about like Myers-Briggs, right? Here's the box of myself because I have a curiosity of who I am, right? So people Mm -hmm. are like, oh, well, what are you? And then you give them your letters for the Myers-Briggs and they go, ah, you make complete sense now. (laughs) Which you don't, right? Because you can't be, your personality doesn't fit into a personality test, right? Or Enneagram numbers, right? The number of people who are like, oh, well, you know, I'm just a three, so that's just who I am, right? (laughs) Drives me nuts because you're, but what it is is a genuine curiosity of to know thy own self. Mm -hmm. And Nicodemus is trying to figure out, I think, his own self, Mm -hmm. but also his own place in the community of where he finds himself. Because if you go back one chapter in John, right, that it surprises me so much that Nicodemus shows up given what Jesus did Mm. in chapter two, Mm -hmm. right? Because yes, you have the wedding at Cana, Mm -hmm. but then right after that in John, Jesus cleanses the temple, Mm -hmm. right? Driving people out with a whip, flipping over the tables, right? He cleanses the temple. And then immediately after that, Nicodemus goes, hmm, there's something to this guy, Mm. right? And he comes not out of anger, not out of frustration. He comes going, there's nothing about you that I have seen that doesn't remind me of God. 
mm. that doesn't remind me of the divine. And I think there, there has to be some intense curiosity there because he, he wants to know himself. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons he's there, he has a genuine desire to know Jesus. And that's what leads him there, even given what we know has just recently happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think curiosity can change the world. Mm-hmm. And I think something that you said there is so impactful and such a good reminder for us, which is there is nothing about you that doesn't remind me of God. Now, of course, we are not going to operate in the world at the same capacity or same level of perfection as Jesus was able to, but we can absolutely try. Mm. And how powerful would it be with others at our work or others that we know from the soccer field or wherever we are in our lives where they would say, Maybe not there's nothing about, about you that doesn't remind me of God, but maybe there's something about you that reminds me of what I think God might be like. Can you tell me something more about that? And I think being willing and open to have those conversations like we were talking about with all people in a very non-judgmental way, I think opens that door to an extent. Yeah, and I think if Nicodemus hadn't spent so much time knowing God, he wouldn't have been able to have genuine curiosity Mm. about the person of Jesus. Because Jesus is also attacking the fundamental core values of the Pharisees, right? You're putting the law over people, right? Uh, And essentially looking at people and saying, you don't have the heart that you should have for people, right? Uh, Well, Jesus, we can't pull that man out of a hole. It's the Sabbath. That would be work. To which Jesus replies, how many of you, if you had a donkey stuck in a hole, would pull the donkey out of the hole and yet aren't people more important to God than this, right? Mm -hmm. So he is reframing everything for them, showing them a new path, really and truly pushing at the foundation and the core of what it means to be a Pharisee, of what it means to Mm -hmm. be a Sadducee, of what it means to be a follower of God. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, instead of getting angry, Mm -hmm. right, Nicodemus comes at it with a curiosity. He's a curious Pharisee, and because of that, it allows him to encounter Christ in a way that we can assume no other Pharisee or Sadducee did, because we don't read about it in Scripture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think all of these stories showing this path that, that Jesus is blazing is just getting us to recognize the humanity in everyone, mm-hmm. um, and getting us to a place where we're just realizing, like, oh, everyone is important. Mm, Everyone has value. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, despite how you see them or how you view them, uh, that there is this inherent, you know, value to everyone. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, jumping off of that, understanding that everyone has value, sometimes like Nicodemus, it requires us to step out of our box and to step out of the thing that we've We've been told, well, you, you must do this to, to be appropriate, or you must not engage with, with these people. But look who Jesus engaged with. Yeah. And I, I think that that's an interesting thought, too, going back to the Myers-Briggs or the Enneagram and the stepping out of boxes. Nicodemus did that. Jesus did that. We should, too. Yeah. And I, but I do think that it takes a, a level of understanding of God. Um, in order to be like mm-hmm. Nicodemus, in order to be like Christ. Um, when I was growing up, one of the most popular book series in the world was Harry Potter. And my mom thought, you know, Christopher, you like stuff like this. Here's the first Harry Potter book. 
And I picked it up and I read the first two chapters and I thought this might be the most boring book that has ever been written, right? Um, And so I set it down on the shelf and I thought, you know what? Just because everybody likes it doesn't mean I have to like it. And then my friends started talking about the book and how good it was. And they were, well, we don't want to ruin it for you, but like, this is an incredible book. And then other people started, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll pick this up again. Um, and so because of their encouragement, because of their love for it, I read it. And then I read it again, and I read it again, mm-hmm. and I read it again. But it was because the love that they showed for this book, mm-hmm. I was willing to renew it again. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that's the difference, right? Because then at that point, right, I learned a lot about the author and I learned her story of, you know, being a a single mom and writing this in a coffee shop. And I I found that to be a powerful story. And, you know, we can talk about the way that she has kind of transitioned into a villain, um, Mm. right? That's maybe a different conversation for a different day. But at the same time, right, then I knew the author. And then because I knew the author, I also Mm. loved the books. And so I think there is this, challenge of I think Nicodemus knew the author Mm. I think he knew the creator and because of that was able to recognize oh this is not just some random person who has turned over tables this is somebody who is causing a divine disruption something that we are doing is not right Mm -hmm. this is a prophet or this may be the messiah because also i think about the way that nicodemus approached him yes he came at night and maybe that's because he just doesn't want to be associated with jesus he he is the upper class Mm -hmm. right but maybe he just wanted a private audience with jesus knowing how busy jesus is during the daytime and he comes to jesus and he gives him the title rabbi he doesn't come and just say okay you caused a lot of trouble today, mister. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked some of the things you had to say. Didn't really appreciate the whips, right? Let's have a conversation about that. He comes and says, Rabbi, right? Teacher, tell me about this. And then Jesus teaches him about a path towards salvation, about it, something new, new birth, new life, a new way of living in the world. And I think that's so interesting because of where Nicodemus was with his curiosity, it allowed him to learn about a new life and a new birth. Right? Mm-hmm. And I think that is powerful in and of itself. But I think it's because he, he knew the author. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is an interesting, an interesting piece. And I'm trying to fit that in into our situations about knowing the author, knowing God, right? And, and that opportunity that we have to recognize um, God and other people, recognize the examples that inspire us, the examples of Christ-likeness that inspire us onto something new, onto seeing a new way. I think that we have all sorts of, of examples in our world of people that have started new things, who have figured out ways to bring water to those that don't have it, people that have come up with new and wise ways of collecting food and distributing food. And that's something that we can recognize in in others that because we know who God is, we know that providing this light to others is a Christ-like thing. I think about um, the migrant assistance that uh, we've been doing at yeah, Grace Avenue, absolutely. helping people find their way home. That's godly, you know. That's a that's a good example for us because we can recognize it in that work. Yeah, and I think going along with just knowing, knowing can create curiosity and, and bring us to a different place. Um, 
I think that that is such a thing. I've, I've just finished listening to a book called Music is History uh, by Questlove, who's a drummer. Um, and it's just something where these are all songs that I may not have ever listened to, but now that I know this story, now that I know, you know, that such and such was happening in this person's life, and that's why they wrote this song, and that's what led to them creating this entire album, now it makes me want to go listen to it sure. with that frame of reference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, that that history and that story is something that kind of brings us all together because it shows humanity mm-hmm. and it shows you know this extra depth where we can just say oh well maybe I don't know the whole story and maybe because I didn't like this thing on the first listen maybe I can give it another listen mm-hmm. and see with this you know story if that changes my perspective at all mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I have found that I mean if I learn the story of a song all of a sudden I really like that song yeah. mm-hmm. I, so I think you're exactly right um, Vaughn recently put Carol and I on to a show that you may or may not have seen um, <laughs> called Abbott Elementary, um, which, again, I, I watched the first episode and I thought, man, is this storyline ever going to really develop? Um, and yet, one of the things that I have learned from that show is there is a, a genuine curiosity from the main character mm-hmm. uh, about community, Mm-hmm. And why is the community the way that it is? Why is the school system the way that it is? And, you know, you find out that the principal's kind of inept and probably shouldn't be a principal mm-hmm. and um, utilizes funds in ways that they shouldn't. That's kind of beside the point. But I think we have, um, we've got three pieces, really, that we've talked about today. There's a curiosity of self, of knowing who we are, mm-hmm. of where we fit in the world, of what our purpose is. There's this curiosity to know God, to know the creator, to know the the maker of all things and the one who loves us and cares for us. But then there should be, and I think this is where we often lack, a genuine curiosity to know our community, Mm. to know our work community, to know our church community, and to know the surrounding community of the places and the people that we find ourselves in. Um, because I've, I've often heard things of like, okay, well, you know, Frisco is just a very affluent place, right? There's not people that need help in Frisco. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not true at all, right? Um, and there are tons of places where we have people who live nearby who are hurting, who need financial assistance, who um, are living in their cars, who are food insecure, right? Um, but there are also people in the surrounding areas around Frisco mm-hmm. that also... So where's the genuine curiosity in our community as well that leads towards lasting change? Um, and I think I see that, and, and you really watch it develop throughout that show of, mm. right, I have a genuine curiosity, and she also has a genuine naivety, mm-hmm. right? Um, that helps push her forward as well. But um, it's just one of those things where how do we get curious about the world as well? Mm-hmm. We're always, I think, curious about our own selves, our own motives, our own actions, I wish we were as curious about the world. Mm, mm-hmm. I think there's a certain level of vulnerability too when I'm thinking. So if you guys haven't watched Abbott, I'm going to second that. It is a must watch. The main <laughs> character's name is Janine. And she is also um, vulnerable at a certain level. Yes. There's a certain vulnerability that she brings because she's a second year teacher, new to this school district, and she's willing to admit to this other more experienced teacher that, that she doesn't know. And I think when we're in our communities 
and trying to understand people that we have come up with an inception about, there is an opportunity for us to be vulnerable first. And I think that that's really important in getting to really understand what, what the needs are. Yes. Because I think when we come in as though you know, we have it all together or we know everything or we assume that we know what the needs are, then that's where the problem comes in. And so, being, And that's what the veteran teachers do, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think being aware enough to say, you know what, I, I don't really know what the needs are. I, I, I don't really understand what's going on here. Tell me. Yeah. And, and, and being honest about that, I think that is a way that we can, can learn about what's going on in our yeah. community. Yeah. It's almost like using the Dunning-Kruger effect to our benefit. You know, mm-hmm. like the more that you know, the more that you recognize that you don't know things. Sure. Yes. And you can use that to your benefit and just ask people questions um, instead of assuming, you know, what's going on. Uh, And I think that's how you really grow the most, almost. Yeah, there's the old phrase, right, ignorance is bliss. Mm. But the thing that I've been saying um, after that, right, when people say ignorance is bliss, I always say yes, but it's only blissful to the ignorant. Um, The people around that person who are struggling or hurting or trying to figure out how to deal with them or who could really use help or support, right, it's not bliss for them, right? When When you're living in places and in stations and you are in marginalized or oppressed communities, you want people to have a genuine curiosity about who you are, how you got where you are, um, and begin to work towards change to make it so that you're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, ignorance is bliss, but it's really only blissful to the ignorant. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, all right, well, any final thoughts this morning about curiosity, about Nicodemus? Yeah, I, I think when I am, am thinking through this and I'm thinking about Nicodemus, I'm just reminded about the opportunities that we have to, to be curious, to be curious and not judgmental because, man, it can be hard, really hard not to lean into that judgmental place sometimes. And I think in my own life, it's just a good reminder if I find myself starting down that path, starting down the path of ascribing a characteristic or a story to someone or judging in a certain way to kind of pick that thought out of my mind and remind myself, be curious, ask the questions first because you don't, you don't know. Yeah. And to quote Ted again, right? Be a goldfish. Sure. Goldfish has a three to seven second memory, right? And so if you let go of those judgments, right, then they don't stick to you as well. I think it reminds me of, I used to work in a school district and I had to take mental health first aid. And it just reminded me of this idea that if, if someone was having trouble, we didn't ask what's wrong with them. We asked what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just that curiosity of wanting to know the root cause of this thing rather than like, what's wrong with this person? Um, and I think it, it reminds me of, of that. I think we would be remiss not to end a conversation of, uh, you know, about Nicodemus without looking at, um, you know, probably one of the most well-known Bible verses, right? This is John mm, three sixteen, sure. right? Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him shall not perish, but shall have eternal life. Because there is this conversation that is happening between Jesus and Nicodemus that says, in this life, you can be born again. 
not in the way that you're thinking of, but you can be born from above. Mm. It's a spiritual rebirth. And I think the, the curiosity that we've talked about today only comes through a spiritual rebirth. And it comes from being reminded that when we are born again, when we are renewed in Christ, like Nicodemus is searching to be, mm. then we are reminded that Christ is in charge of our salvation. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of that, as we move forward, we move forward knowing that death is just a door we move through mm. and that God is waiting on the other side. And so I think the, you know, the, the power of Nicodemus is his arrival in the story. It's a, his arrival with the recognition that Christ is something different. Mm. Having maybe even watched him in the temple that day, having um, seen some of the miracles or heard things, and he approaches with a genuine curiosity that allows him a new life with God. Mm. So I think if we challenge ourselves, especially in this season of Lent where we always are going, this is a perfect time for a divine disruption. Mm. But a divine disruption of ourselves, a divine disruption of what we think our relationship is with God, and a divine disruption of powering and shining light into our community, I think will come out at Easter, Mm. born again. Mm. Amen.